This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they've faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Tuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. Today, we're chatting to Kareem Al-Bash, founder and director of Discovery Group, a health, wellness, and fitness brand. Discovery Group is committed to inspiring and educating people to be their best, with thousands of successful transformations all over the world. In today's episode, you'll hear about various areas of health and well-being and how it relates to performance in the workplace. You'll learn about the importance of nutrition, sleep and recovery, and supplementation. We bust myths, learn hacks to stay on top of your nutrition, and pinpoint just how to get a perfect night's sleep. Let's jump in. Hello, Karim. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Savan's great to be here. Before we get deep into our discussion today, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your business discovery? Basically, for the past 10 years, I've helped people get in shape through personal training, fitness services. The business is Discovery Group. We basically educate people on getting in outstanding shape. My background, I've always been into sports. I got into the gym at about 12, 13 years old. Since then, I've really been trying to fine tune and hone in on the craft I've been training for almost 17, 18 years. So. Well, I remember when I first met you at Discovery, you had all these photos of the before and after of transformations and I'm like, surely that person wasn't looking like that previously. So I can definitely vouch you've done some amazing things for lots of amazing clients just from the photos from Discovery. So what made that passion for health and fitness? You were 13. What got you into the gym? I mean, I played a lot of different sports as a kid, but it wasn't until I walked into the gym that I felt like it was something that I was really good at. You know, there's something really positive about going in there and just getting the session done and you walked out always feeling great. And I love that. I saw the progress and I saw the results coming and and that's what I really enjoyed. Yep. And at Discovery, one of your passions was to help people be better versions of themselves. And can you give us some examples of some of these great things that you've been able to do for clients where you've turned their lives around? We've had heaps. I mean, thousands of people have done our programs over the years, Savan, all ages, males, females. We had one client who was going through a really difficult time and ended up signing up to one of our 12-week programs, had such an incredible transformation and actually ended up competing in a like a bodybuilding contest. He won the state title in his first competition and ended up going on to the World Fitness Model Championships and coming fourth in the world and really changed his life. So that was one example. But, you know, everyday people just getting healthy, fit. That's really amazing. And I, I can, like I said, I was, the photos were amazing. When I walked in there, I'm like, got so inspired to lift some weights. But there are obviously a lot of other benefits of being health and fitness, and that's what we're going to talk about today. But, you know, at times our identity as humans is driven by what we do at work. And no one comes to work genuinely to do a bad job. So today I really want to talk about, you know, getting the best out of ourselves. You know, a doctor, plumber, lawyer, builders, all these professionals require technical skill that has been taught and trained over years. But however, like an athlete, it doesn't always mean 
that they perform at their best all the time. So today really we want to dive deep into how we can get the best of ourselves and on a consistent basis without generally improving our technical abilities as the profession that we've chosen. And I know you've done some great things in that space. So I wanted to just touch on that today and really get deep into what we can do outside of our day job to be able to get the best out of ourselves. Yeah, well, I mean, I think to build on the point just before, you know, as to why I first, you know, really fell in love with the gym is that I've always been focused on self-development and just trying to get the most out of myself. I mean, I started my business at 18 years old and what I realized really early on was that in order to achieve success in business, you really have to try and every single day just wake up and do anything that you can to be your best. I realized that when I was training, when I was eating healthy, when I was sleeping well, I could perform at a higher level. When I would dive into those and really hone in on them, I would get a better result in the business. And then if any of those areas slipped, then you, you know, I, I found it difficult to perform at a high level. And of course, we all know that business is difficult and it's challenging. And you, know, you go through good times, you go through challenging times. And this is exactly why we need to do everything that we can to be in, in healthy shape and to operate at, at a high level. And I have to say that majority of my really successful clients have some form of exercise or a really good diet that they follow. And, you know, when you talk to them, it's not just that they're good at what they do at work. There's other things that play into their success. So in saying that, let's start talking about nutrition. Why is nutrition so important in great performance? Yeah, well, I mean, nutrition just plays a massive role in terms of energy levels, you know, your brain performance in particular. If we look at, there was a study done at Harvard where they looked at children and, and what they ate for breakfast and they looked at three groups. So one group ate nuts for breakfast, one group ate nuts and a muffin and another group ate just a muffin. And what they found is, is that the group who ate nuts for breakfast, they tested IQ, right, and what they also ate for the rest of the day. What they found was is that, with that when they ate nuts, their IQ went up, okay, it's because they're eating healthy fats. Right, that IQ actually tested higher on IQ tests. And what they continued to choose for the rest of the day was healthy food. Now, for the other two groups, which is a muffin and muffin and nuts, what do you think happened? IQ went down. IQ went down. And also they continued to choose sugary foods. And I give you that example because that's just breakfast, right? That's just one meal a day. And that's how much breakfast can make an impact on the entire day, let alone nutrition in general. So, you know, nutrition is just so important for obviously body composition, you know, health in terms of your heart, your body, your muscles, your brain, everything. Yeah, that's a really interesting stat that you've brought on with the, with the study at Harvard. It, it's funny that how you start the day has an impact on the rest of the day. I wouldn't have put that together. So in terms of someone that has a busy lifestyle though, uh, what are some of the quick easy things that they can do to ensure they are getting the right nutrition? Yeah, so I always try and focus on principles. And one of the things I recommend is eating like a king or a queen. And what that means is, is eating the best quality foods, eating fresh and really sourcing exceptional produce. And, you know, to really put an effort into not necessarily picking at every single meal, you know, what you eat here or worrying about that, but just looking at more principles. So one example would be, like what I recommend people do is go and buy fresh food daily, right? And also then look at where do you buy food? Because if you buy food at the supermarket every single day, 
you're going to get a certain selection of foods, right? When we walk into a supermarket, you know, you walk in, there's a little bit of fresh produce, <laughs> there's a little bit of fresh meat, but the rest is processed packaged foods. Whereas if you have an exceptional butcher that you, that you go to and that you absolutely love and you have a green grocer that's just fantastic, you know that they get the best fresh produce. If you stop off at work on the way home at the butcher to pick up some meat for yourself and the family, you stop off at the green grocer, you pick up your fresh veg, what else do you need? I mean, you might go and stop off and pick up your little basics once a week or your sort of key things, but it's about setting up those daily habits where you're buying fresh, high-quality food. So that's the best thing you can do. If it's not in the house, you're not going to eat it. So just don't buy it in the first place. That's what I recommend people yeah. do. And do you have a sort of a diet that you go off or do you recommend diets at all or is it more buy fresh, do you count calories, macros, all that kind of stuff? What's your- it's, it's really funny because I don't at all. I don't count calories. I don't count macros. In fact, I'm never counting calories even once. And even, you know, I competed at the World Fitness Model Championships and even then I didn't count calories. So what I'm trying to say is that, again, it comes back to these basic principles of really good quality, exceptional quality. And I think you need to develop an eye for exceptional produce, just like you have an eye for for numbers, Savan, right? Everyone has this ability to hone in. And I think it's developing that eye for exceptional produce and and using that to your advantage. So I think diets and, and, and I mean, there's a million diets. There's always, there's every day there's a new diet. You know, there's keto, there's uh, low carb, there's high fat, there's, you know, macros, there's calories, there's a million different systems. And look, if one works for you and you're getting great results and you feel great, then that's fine. That's good. That's good. Keep going with it. Where I think people fall short is that if you sort of get to a point where you want to change your body or change your life and then you jump on a, on the latest sort of greatest fad diet, you just have to be careful, right? So I'll give you an example. There's one now, which is intermittent fasting. Everyone talks about intermittent fasting and look, sure, it can be effective initially, but then you got to think about, well, what's the rebound effect? You know, what happens to your body six, eight, 10, 12 weeks down the track when you go back to eating breakfast again? Like, are you really just never going to eat breakfast again? So we've got to think about the long-term implications as well of diets. So I think, again, it's just about if you can look at exceptional food. So rather than eating a box of cereal for breakfast, try and get some fresh eggs, right? Because if you eat fresh eggs for breakfast, you're going to set your body up for success. And that's a long-term approach. Yep. You've actually stolen my thunder with my next question because it was about intermittent fasting, which is fantastic because one of my questions was about breakfast. And and with intermittent fasting that's been going around in social media and, and whatnot, you end up not having breakfast and, you know, you've been taught breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Can you touch on that in terms of breakfast and how you set yourself up for being able to tackle the day in your best version of yourself? One of the challenges is there's a lot of information out there and it's confusing for people. And I think, I think you need to find people online and in person who you genuinely believe are doing great things and who you can model. And rather than just anyone sort of posting this and that and what are the trends – right? Because the masses are usually wrong. <laughs> Whatever they're doing, it's probably not working, right? Yeah. Uh, so find the people that you, you can model that you really think are doing great things and perhaps try their system and use their system and, and give it a go for yourself. But it is confusing out there because there is a lot of conflicting information. In terms of breakfast, how do you set up your day? You want to be looking at a combination of proteins and fats is really the best way to set up your brain, okay? Because what happens in the morning is we're setting up our neurotransmitter production for the day. So 
I'll bring it back to the eggs example. Okay, so, and then if we look at the, the Harvard studies as well. So if we eat, say, for example, some cereal, we've all been told as kids, you know, have your cereal, have your wheat bix, maybe even sprinkle some sugar or some honey over the top, you know, have your milk and stuff like that. And we, we all think that that's healthy, but, you know, that's old science. And it was, you know, so it's all marketing, essentially. What we're doing there is we're spiking blood sugar first thing in the morning. Okay, and so what I find is that, when you spike blood sugar first thing in the morning, what you'll get is, you know, what goes up must come down. And so when blood sugar comes down, I found that most people will then tend to want something sweet mid-morning, right? So they need to go for a muffin or some sort of pick-me-up, you know, and it's only mid-morning or a muesli bar or something to get them through a banana, something to just give them that boost goes up. And then by lunchtime, they're like, I need some carbs again. Right. And so then there's this up and down all day. And that's the the challenge with eating sort of a carb based breakfast. So you're looking at your breads or your cereals or that sort of stuff. So then that leads us to the question, well, what do you eat? One example of what is fantastic is free range eggs. Right. I really believe eggs are a superfood, like really a superfood, because what you've got there is you've got obviously your good proteins and amino acids in there. But what you've also got is you've got B12, you've got choline, you've got tyrosine. Okay, let me talk about those for a second. So choline is like jet fuel for the brain, all right? So if you, it's like putting NOS in your car, right? That's for your brain. So you want a lot of that stuff. And if you can get it at breakfast, you're going to feel great in the morning. Another one is tyrosine. So eggs are one of the highest uh, foods that have the highest concentration of tyrosine. And tyrosine is the precursor to dopamine, Okay. Now we all know what dope, dopamine's good. We want dopamine. Everyone wants dopamine. Lots of it. Dopamine is the neurotransmitter for achievement. Okay. So if you're a business owner, you want dopamine. Okay. Yeah. Because it's going to get you up. It's going to get you feeling good. You're going to wake up. You're going to feel like I can take, take on the day. And by eating that first thing in the morning, you're supercharging your dopamine production. Okay. Once you set up your neurotransmitter production in the morning, it's very difficult to change. So if you can get dopamine firing early in the morning, it's going to fire for the rest of the day. If you do the opposite, it's not going to fire. So if you had a carb-based breakfast early on, really heavy breakfast, it's not going to be effective later in the day. So what do you recommend is the ideal little breakfast? Two boiled eggs or what should our yeah. listeners so, be, you know, staple, quick little breakfast tool? Yeah, so for that example, you could do a couple of free-range eggs, you know, depending on your size – you know, females typically like two to three would be fine. For males, you could even go three to four, right? Depending, wow, I would never have thought that right? many. Depending on, you know, whether you're training or not and stuff like that, right? So you've got to relate it to yourself. But I always re recommend people eat more than less, okay? Because if you eat more good fats and good proteins early in the day, you're going to eat less junk food later in the day, okay? So people get concerned about, oh, what about this? What about this? too much fat? But Well, actually, it's fantastic for you. Because what it's going to do, it's going to make sure that you're satiated, that you're full all day and that you don't then eat sugar later in the day, okay? So fat is not the killer. Fat will not make you fat. Sugar will make you fat, okay? So we need to load up on good fats and good proteins. For the example of eggs, a couple of free-range eggs, you could cook that in some good fats like olive oil, coconut oil, organic butter, okay? Um, you could add some avocado. You could do some smoked salmon. You could do a nice little omelet with some vegetables. That's what you could do. No bread. 
Yeah, so in most cases, no bread. Um, what you can do, there's a fantastic bread for people who just love it and just want to eat it. Um, and like, Karim, I'm not going to eat two eggs on their own. <laughs> what you could do is there's a fantastic bread, uh, a sprouted loaf from Gluten-Free Precinct, which I believe is produced in Melbourne. If you can get some ha- your hands on that, that is outstanding. It's gluten-free. It's a high concentration of magnesium in there. So you can actually get your daily dose of magnesium by eating one to two slices of that. So I'd recommend just one slice of that if you if you want to have something there. Well, I know, for example, when I have a heavy lunch, like a greasy burger, and Kareem, I don't have too many of those, but I sneak one in here and there. I really feel tired, sleepy, and I just want to go home and have a nap. But what are some of the foods that, you know, business owners are you know, moving fast, they're running around like headless chooks, they've had their good breakfast, and probably at times I have to be honest, I, I skip lunch because I'm so busy. What are the things that we need to do to give us that energy uplift in the middle of the day. Mm. That's a good point that you make about skipping meals because I think that is actually one of the biggest, I suppose, challenges for people these days. I talked to a lot of people, a lot of business owners, and it's either skipping breakfast or it's skipping lunch. And sometimes, especially with the themes of intermittent fasting, sometimes you can sort of think to yourself, well, maybe it's a good thing, right? But the reality is, is that our brains need food, our bodies need food, and we need energy. So I think it's really critical to really try and make an effort as best as you can to try and get those meals in uh, all day. In terms of uh, being a business owner and trying to get on top of nutrition, the best thing you can do is prepare. So my ritual each day is once I finish work at five or six o'clock, I'll stop, stop off at the butcher and I'll pick up my fresh meat and literally takes two minutes. So I get fresh every single day. I'll pick up my fresh veg. I'll go home and I'll cook my dinner, but at the same time cook lunch. So I'm only cooking once a day. I'm not doing crazy meal prep, but I'm just cooking once a day, fresh. I'll put it in the fridge and the next day I'll just take it to work. I'll have fresh steak, fresh chicken uh, with some nice rice or some salad or some vegetables or something like that. And it's there ready to go. If you're on the go, fantastic option is sashimi. Okay, so sashimi and the, the seaweed salad is a great option. And then if you're at restaurants or you've got client lunches and stuff like that, just get a steak. Steak, no sauce, salad or veg with it. Yeah, and we talked about some of the good things there. What are some of the things people make mistakes genuinely? I mean, obviously just your your takeaways, your processed packaged foods, anything like that. Uh, if, if you're trying to get that second, you know, want energy throughout the day, avoiding any of the heavy carbs, you know, your breads, your, your, your uh, too much like a white rices, stuff like that, um, potatoes. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily be having at lunch and then wanting to go in the office half an hour later and do meetings because you're going to get that carb coma. The best thing you can do is bring it back to the, the, the protein and fat combination, protein, fats, and veg. Yeah. So protein would be anything like your chicken, steak, fish, anything like that. And then your uh, so any animal protein, any of those fats could be your organic butter, olive oil, coconut oil, these types of things. And then your vegetables, literally anything. So it just it's sticking to that formula and sort of trying to avoid any of the heavy, heavier carbs. Better carb options are things like pumpkin and sweet potato because they're lower glycemic, which means you have less of a blood sugar spike. So you could eat that and you'd still be, I think you'd be fine. And how much does alcohol impact you? Because especially with COVID, I think a lot of people were getting out their shakers and making some cocktails at home. So... I mean, I'm assuming alcohol is not great for you. So talk about alcohol and performance of alcohol and how it impacts it. 
It depends on your goals. If your goal is to try and get lean, for example, like a lot of clients come to us because they're trying to get lean, right? So in, in their initial transformation phase, we'll just say, just take it out. Uh, it's not going to kill you. Just do three, four months, Noah Cole. You'll get your results probably three times faster. Take it out and then bring it back in. So like once uh, every couple of weeks or once a week. Uh, but that's for someone who's looking for a transformation. For the average person, alcohol, just understand it's just going to play some sort of a role in terms of I think a little bit is fine. I think a little bit here and there is fine. I think enjoy yourself. I'm all for that. I'm all for the cocktails. I'm all for the, you know, enjoy a great whiskey, you know, enjoy a, a great tequila, whatever that is for you uh, or a nice glass of wine. Um, fantastic. I think where it does become a challenge is what we see with clients. A lot of people report to us is that if it just becomes a daily habit, anytime it becomes anything becomes a daily habit, it might, might cause more of a challenge for you. And I think particularly in the last year or two, it's been difficult for a lot of people. And the easiest thing to do at the end of the day is just open a bottle of wine or open a bottle of this or whatever, because there's nothing else to do if you're in lockdown or anything like that. I think that's where you just need to be cautious is if it, if it becomes a regular habit. Um, but otherwise, general rules around alcohol is we teach our clients just to celebrate. Have a drink when you're celebrating. Don't just drink because you're sitting at home, right, because you've got nothing to do. So, you know, just because you had a big day at work doesn't necessarily mean you deserve a drink or you have to have a drink. Like there's other ways to get through and enjoy that time. And in terms of cheat days and weekends, so, you know, can we – is there room for cheat days and, and, and splurging? Definitely. I mean, I don't use that vocabulary, the cheat day or the cheat uh, meals, um, because there's a sort of a psychology behind it that sort of makes you feel like you're cheating and people can sort of feel a little bit guilty. So what we teach people is just have fun, right? So earn your, your fun meals uh, or your fun day or whatever it is. So I'd recommend, you know, 95%, just keep it on point. And if you want to go and eat whatever you like, go and eat a burger, go eat a burger. If you want to have a whiskey, go and have a whiskey. If you want to eat ice cream, go and eat a gelato. But Always the best quality, bringing it back to the best quality. Don't go home and eat a liter of Peter's rainbow <laughs> flavored ice cream. Go to a gelato parlor down the road with your family, have a beautiful gelato, enjoy every piece and, you know, it's much better quality, right? Yeah. So you're not getting all that sugar that you would get in the Peter's. You're getting the, the good quality fats. It's a proper gelato is made well. So if you're going to drink something, go, don't go and drink a, a you know, a six pack of VB Go and get a nice craft beer, right? Yeah. Do you see what do you see the, 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 the comparison that I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I think that's a really good way of just thinking about life. And you know, if you're gonna do something, do it really well and buy the best that you can. So really like that. My last question about nutrition before we jump into the next sort of topic is coffee. So I'm a big long black, short black, anything espresso and lots of coffee in it. I'm a big fan. And I generally do it to wake up and give me energy. Coffee, talk about coffee. Is there room for it? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Uh, you know, we all love coffee, right? How do we we'll get through Melbourne, our day right? without it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all love our coffee. Our recommendations around coffee is eat breakfast first, okay? You don't want to eat, you don't want to drink coffee on an empty stomach, okay? Uh, because what that's going to do is, is really stimulate your nervous system and, uh, you know, your, your stress hormone too much. It's going to throw you a little bit. So the reason why we get energy from coffee is because it, one, it stimulates cortisol, which is our body stress hormone. And we want to eat first 
so that it, it does that properly. It goes through that process of, of processing the caffeine properly. So always eat and then have your coffee. We recommend your black coffee is always best. Otherwise, almond milk, oat milk, any of those milks, no sugar, obviously, no sweeteners. Just drink it properly. As, as again, I do. Exactly. If you can enjoy <laughs> the best quality, don't destroy it with your sweeteners or sugar. Right. Correct. So that's that's my example. And then recommendations. And then also max two coffees a day uh, maximum. And critically, the second coffee should be before one o'clock. Uh, because caffeine has a half-life of about six to eight hours, that will mean 50% of the caffeine is still in your system sort of six to eight hours later. So if you have a coffee at three o'clock, and you're trying to go to bed at 9, 10, do you really want 50% of that caffeine still in your system? And we see, we will talk about this a little bit more in regards to sleep, but just making sure your caffeine's at the earlier part of the day and, and not sort of after one o'clock. Well, that leads straight into our next topic, which is sleep. And let's talk a little bit about that. And I mean, I've been reading a little bit online, but sleep is super important from what I've sort of done a bit of my own research. How important is it really, Karim? I mean, I think it's the single most important factor to performance, particularly because if you're a business owner and you're making your primary ability is to make decisions and quality decisions, you need your brain functioning at the highest level. And uh, sleep is going to allow your brain particularly to recharge and the cells um, to recharge overnight. And that's why, why sleep is really critical. Yeah, and in terms of sleep, in terms of it's obviously really important, what are the right amount of hours we need for sleep? Yeah, look, I think eight hours, all the research, we've always been told eight hours is is the gold standard. Um, you're always going to find some people can need, some people will need more, some people may feel like they need less, but optimal is eight hours. What we also know from sleep is that it's not so much about, uh, it is about the qu- the quantity, which is eight hours we recommend, but also the quality. Okay, and this is where the biggest threat to to sleep today is is probably the quality, particularly because people are switched on more than ever. Um, we're dialed into our phones. Tech is playing more of a role than ever. We're on screens 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, you know, on your computer, on your phone, hooked in. And the key consideration there is blue light, Okay. So when we, and I see you nodding your head there because, you know, um, blue light is, is I'm sure you're aware, um, what that does is it actually blocks your melatonin production. So melatonin is our sleep hormone and melatonin will essentially uh, signal our, our body and our brain um, that it's sleep time. And what blue light does, which is on our screens, is it will block that. So if you're constantly exposed to screens all day, then your melatonin production is not it's not working properly. So when people try and go to sleep, they can't get to sleep. They can't get to sleep or they, they don't sleep properly because their brain is stimulated. The other thing that the screens do and the tech does is it fires dopamine, right, which is we're back to before, which is our neurotransmitter for, for achievement. Now, do you really want your dopamine firing at 9 o'clock at night, your achievement neurotransmitter before you go to sleep? You know, what sort of a sleep are you going to get? So there's a lot there with sleep. Eight hours, try and get the quality. So it's about spending an hour before bed unwinding. Uh, no screens, no text, switch it all off. Definitely no emails. You know, even earlier than that if you can. And giving yourself just the time to unwind from the day and actually get into that, that sort of pre-sleep state where you feel like oh, I'm ready to go to bed. Do you have a routine yourself? 
Yeah, typically what I'll do is I'll have my dinner and then oftentimes I'll go for a walk and just get some fresh air and and then pretty much screens will be off as early as I can. And then I might just do some writing or some reading and I'll do that with a light that's uh, blue light blocking and that will sort of help me. I'll have a hot shower and then I'll pretty much go to bed. In the past, I've had really bad sleep routines. So, yeah, I've been able to change that myself. So from about 8 o'clock, no more screens, try to get off the email list to stay back and work after my kids went to sleep and I found that I would wake up so tired because I've had such a bad night's sleep because I'm on the computer cleaning out emails and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So now I'd rather get an early night's sleep, get a good night's sleep and do that part of my work first thing in the morning and it really has shaped the way that I work and and it has been getting better nights sleep so yeah that's fantastic here's the thing as business owners it's very easy to put our work first and everything else that comes in life first and there's this tendency and also a culture of it just sleep later you know I'll sleep when I'm dead right just push through right this is that's what we do as business owners but ultimately, the, we know now, we know from the science, we know that sleep is absolutely critical. And the way I think in my mind is that really nothing should come before that. Apart from, you know, family and, you know, whatever you need to address to make sure that everyone's okay and your family and your kids and stuff like that. I think it's an number one priority. So getting that eight hours and then you wake up fresh, get the work done early. And I think it's, yeah, that's yeah, what's going to lead advice. to high levels of productivity. Putting supplements in your body that we may not be getting maybe from either food or whatnot. Can you sort of talk a little bit about supplements and recovery and how supplements have an impact on our performance and how our body reacts to those things? Definitely. So in regards to supplements, the, the biggest thing is it's an addition, right? It's, we don't want to ever go to supplements because to solve a problem necessarily that we're trying to fix. We want to have the foundations of training, nutrition, and quality sleep in place first, right? What I see a lot of people do is they jump to the latest product or the supplement. For example, there's a, a shake that uh, particularly men take, and it's a shake that they take to try and lose weight. And that's massive in the market at the moment. And that's really frustrating for me as a practitioner because I'm thinking, man, like what's going to happen when you stop taking this shake? Instead of you've stopped eating food and now you're taking a shake three times a day and what's going to happen when you stop taking those shakes and go back to eating real food? You're going to go back to exactly where you were before when you started. So typically, you know, we advise people to stay away from most supplements like that, okay, stuff on the market that they just can buy online or whatever. But, but I am a big advocate for supplementation in the right way, the right products and the right dosages. And they can be incredibly effective in terms of transformation, energy, recovery, vitality, all of that. And I think it just comes down to, to having the right products in, in the right dosages. So here's on what I'm going to say. If you have questions about supplements and stuff, obviously you need to go and speak to your doctor about that. Okay. But what I can do is just give general recommendations in terms of that. So in terms of what's worked for me and what's worked for, for clients. This time of year, what I actually really like doing is I run a vitamin D and um, there's a really great product called Armor Force, which is everyone, everyone's aware of. And that's just to keep your immune system up, right? Because no one wants to get sick, especially when it's cold down here in Melbourne and you know, even anywhere else in Australia, it's kind of cold unless you're right up north. But if you're not getting that vitamin D uh, sun exposure, you've you got to pump your vitamin D up. Okay, and vitamin D is critical to your immune system, critical. And so you want to get those levels up and then just the armor force has the zinc, the echinacea and all that good stuff in there to keep your immune system up. Beyond that, the single most important supplement is magnesium. 
Okay. You want to be taking that at, at dinner time. Okay. Not in the morning or lunch because it's going to try and help you get to sleep, sleep, recovery, rest, recharge, magnesium at dinner and get a really good practitioner grade. So we're always looking for practitioner grade supplements. Whether you, there are, if you go to your local chemist, you'll be able to find probably maybe one practitioner grade supplement and they're typically behind the counter. You don't need a prescription. You just have to ask the, the pharmacist to, to grab you one or ask them for recommendations. You can also find them online or if you're dealing directly with a practitioner like myself or any other practitioner, they will be able to prescribe um, or, or, or be able to give you supplementation. So magnesium is, is key at dinner. And then beyond that, curcumin is a really good one for anti-inflammatory. Right, because inflammation is a big thing with people, particularly just stress in life. And you know, if you're not getting the right rest and recovery, um, uh, I think that reducing inflammation is a big one. Also, if you are someone who likes to train and exercise, I think that really will play a massive role. Curcumin is the anti uh, anti uh, inflammatory and antioxidant um, component of turmeric. Right, so everyone talks about turmeric being so good. Eat turmeric. Well, curcumin is the actual piece in there that we want to be taking in a high dosage. So that's another one. I, I also like um, glutathione and B12 as well. That's a good combination you can take uh, in a liposomal form, which is you spray it under the tongue. So you get that bioavailability into the brain. But yeah, they're, they're, they're some real basics. I think if you stick to your magnesium, your vitamin D, your echinacea, um, that's a good foundation. I mean, beyond that, we're, we're going to, Go di- we're diving deep into rabbit holes, which yeah. I could talk about all yeah. day. but um, Might be another episode. Yeah. Also another good one can be to rotate through some really good fish oil. You, if you can get your hands on a really good fish oil, um, that's a good one. Just what for, does that do? Well, it's a lot of things. Um, particularly the big one is brain health because DHA is going to really help uh, just with that that brain health. And then the the other component of it, the EPA, is for heart health as well. So, Yeah, look, I think yeah, the practitioner grade – part of it's really important you i mean you see all these athletes you know on tv you know having these commercials and and whatnot but you really don't know whether they're good or bad so what does practitioner grade mean so it essentially means they go through a higher more stringent process of getting approval of you know when they're doing it's a high level of manufacturing Okay. They've got better quality. And is it just say asking someone the words, I'm looking for vitamin D, practitioner grade, yeah. and they'll know what they're talking and the chemist will know what, what, what you're referring to? Yeah. So typically, so I'd say that um, some practitioner grade supplements um, you can get over the counter and you can buy online if you just do your research. Doctors can also explain, uh, you know, which, which brands to get. Um, but also just by engaging with a practitioner or a trainer or a coach or a naturopath, or a chiropractor, there that they can actually give you those because some of those brands won't be available unless you get a prescription or you know we we recommend it to you. Well, we've we've talked about nutrition and obviously sleep and now the supplements and it just sets that foundation of what's really important in in performance. So I want to say thank you for joining me today in part one of this journey we're taking in getting the best out of ourselves as business owners, employees, and generally husbands, wives, siblings, and really wanted to touch on those three key areas. And yeah, looking forward to chatting around the exercise and the other parts of what gives us our best performance. Looking forward to it. Thank you. The next pace. This is The Bottom Line a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. 
This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952. And we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspencer.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna, and we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's The Bottom Line.